You know, I've, I've always loved church. I love church. Every good thing that has ever happened to me started in a church. Now, that's an odd thing. I've never had anything good come my way that didn't begin in a church. The new birth, filled with the Spirit, prosperity, friends, everything I've ever needed. I thank God for church. I love going to church. I love coming to church. I love the Word of God. I love it all. I want you to, 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 to. I want you to, to, to. Get your Bible out and go to Acts chapter 1, verse 4. We've been talking about what? Does anybody even know what we've been talking about? Holy Ghost. We started on the day of Pentecost talking about Pentecost. Now, Father God, thank you for this morning. Give me the grace and the mercy and the, to preach this word in the way you want me to preach it, where we will get the greatest benefit from it in the name of Jesus. Let's start off with this statement to you. Pentecost is not a doctrine of a few people. It's not a church. The Pentecostals, Baptists, Episcopalians. Your Bible does not have Pentecostal scriptures and Baptist scriptures in it. It only has scriptures in it. We're the ones that divided it up and said John 3.16 belongs to the Baptists, Acts 2.4 belongs to the Pentecostals. That's not true. The problem with that is that, you know, like if you go to Israel right now, they don't read Isaiah 53. But it's in their Bible. If they read Isaiah 53, they'd get saved. It's a forbidden scripture because the rabbis don't like it. Well, there's a lot of scriptures they told you not to like, but it's in your Bible. And you can't just tear it out. You could. And the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence speaking in tongues is for you. It's for your benefit. It's, it's not something that, you know, when I, when I got born again, I heard that tongues was of the devil. I said, well, that's the best thing the devil ever did for me. Well, it turned out to be not true. Dennis Bennett started preaching on it, Episcopalian priest, and Pat Robinson started preaching on it, and they got up. And after a while, all the Baptists are filled with the Holy Ghost, and all the Methodists filled with the Holy Ghost, and, all, and, and so they all weren't comfortable. They all got kicked out of their churches, and so they started a church called Charismatics, non-denominational churches. This church is a church full of people who are no longer welcome in the church where they don't believe the Bible. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. And it's true. It doesn't mean that you're bad. It just means that you grew. All right, now, now listen. You have to assume some responsibility. And, and when you get hungry for God, God's going to lead you. He's going to lead you somewhere. And a lot of times he's going to lead you deeper in the Word of God than even the pastor, that the church you were in. This church is a... Is a came out of Lockhart Methodist Church. That's where Word of Life started. Now, Betty remembers that. Betty May, Melanie. Uh, the, uh, many people here remember that. But what happened is the pastor of that church got filled with the Holy Ghost and spoken tongues. And the Methodist Church kicked him out. Thank you. And so those people got their pastor and started their own church. That's called a promotion. Because there's people who are just not going to go on with God. And there's people who are going to go on with God. You understand that? And so that's what happened here. So you didn't know this. This is formerly an old Methodist, tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy-rolling church. Now, you know, and then I came along. Good Lord, you know, after that. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I didn't come along. God got sent. So, so today I want to talk to you about, we're going to go deeper into this thing called Pentecost. God told the church, now listen to me, in John 20, Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, how do you get born again? You get born again by believing he died on the cross, rose from the dead. So when did the church begin? The church had been going on for 50 days before Pentecost. Paul was, Peter was born again. John was born again. Mary was born again. Every, all the disciples were already all born again. They're all Christians. 
Jesus said to Thomas, he said, you, you believe because you saw me. Blessed are those who don't. He's a believer. John went to the tomb, and he saw and believed. He's a believer. So Pentecost can't be the day the first church started. Now, that, that's a sweet lie. Then we don't have to acknowledge that there's more to Christianity than just being born again going to heaven. There's actually a reason you're here. You need to find your purpose. You need to find out why you're here. Okay, I'm, 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 just, I'm just idling. I ain't even getting started yet. Acts 1, go to Acts 1, please, and learn to read your Bible. Read. It's fine. I went to a Catholic church one day, and Kenny was there, Kenny Robinson, and, and, and all, of my, all of our church members had Bibles, and none of theirs did. And so one guy asked, Kenny said, are y'all all priests? Kenny said, yes. He said, well, I noticed you all have Bibles. We all have Bibles. Don't let the preacher take your Bible away. Well, the preacher said, I don't care what he said. I don't, listen, if you don't like what I said, you get your Bible out and find out whether I'm right or wrong. I don't, you ain't bother me. I would love it if I found out you were digging. Dig up, dig everything in there up. I don't care. You're not going to get messed up reading your own Bible. You might learn something. And if I'm wrong, I'll stand up here and tell everybody I was wrong. I'm not afraid of being wrong. I was wrong once. No, I really wasn't. I thought I was wrong, but I wasn't wrong. So I was wrong about being wrong. No, I'm teasing y'all. I'm just teasing. Acts chapter 1. All right, I'm trying to play with y'all. Acts 1, 4. And the assembly together, he commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem until you're baptized for the promise of the Father. He said, you've heard from me. John baptized you with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, I know you were born of the Spirit, but you can be filled with the Holy Ghost, so I'm going to prove it. Therefore, when they came together, they said, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? The answer to that is no. You know, they had seven years left, and they thought seven years, we're done, we're out of here. He went, no. All, they were waiting on Jesus to bring the kingdom. That's what they were doing, and they're still asking him about the millennial reign. Right after they were born again, they asked him, when is the millennial reign going to begin? And he went, that's not up to you to worry about. No, I'm, let's forget it. No, let, me, let me make a statement to you right now, and I don't want you to get mad at me. Forget the rapture. You have work to do. I'm going to say it again. You see, only half of y'all got that. If the combine is in the field, it's not dinner time. I'm going to come back over here. If the wheat and the corn is not in the barn, do not go home and ask mama where supper is. It's not time to go home when the harvest, that's called a bad farmer. I'm hungry. Get over it. Eat an apple, drink some orange juice, and get back on the combine. We have work to do. Lisa and I went to Wisconsin one time, and it's amazing to watch people out harvesting after dark. That's why they put lights on the tractor. Boy, some of y'all have to help me a little bit because these people, they, they didn't grow up. You know, I was with a kid one day, and, 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 he, and, he, and he said, well, I, I was, he was at a farm, and he said, I see where the milk comes out, but where's the bottle come out? And, well, son, you know, this is a cow, and, you know, you know. And so I asked him, I said, where does milk come from? He said, the grocery store. I said, man, you're from the city. Never mind. That didn't really happen. I'm teasing. But it makes for a good story. All right, let me... It is not for you to know the time to see his father put in his own, but you receive power. Say power. power. What for? When the Holy Ghost come upon you and you'll be witnesses. Say witness. Witness. What is the primary reason that God took a Christian, you were a Christian, and filled you with the Holy Ghost? To be a witness. To be a witness because Jesus, though God, did not do anything as, see, he was God when he was five. He was God when he was 10. He was God when he was 20. 
but he didn't do anything as God until he was baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist and the Holy Ghost came down on him. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went around doing good, healing all the oppressed of the devil. Even God didn't do anything with the Holy Ghost. So what do you think you're going to do? Absolutely nothing. And that's what most Christians do. Nothing. I told you this one day, and what percentage of Christians lead people to the Lord in America? 2%. That's not good. That's going to change. So you're waiting on the rapture? Forget it. You ain't going home anytime soon. I don't want to go through trouble. Ha ha. Suck it up, buttercup. You're going through some trouble. But the greater one's in you for that reason. All right, now let's go back. You'll receive power when the Holy Ghost comes, and you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the other parts of the earth. Now, the number one job that's the Holy Spirit is to make you like Jesus. That's good. That's good. I want you to stop and think about that a minute. He didn't come just to give you tongues so you can run aisles and jump pews. He started something in you that he will finish. So if you ever wondered why he came in, he knew what you were like, and he came in anyway. And it's a good thing that he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And he's been through your good, your bad, your ugly, but he's still there. But he's in there doing something. Not getting you ready for heaven, but getting you ready for the harvest. To make, he said, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. Whether you know this or not, God still loves people. He loves you and he loves other people. I ain't got, I'm going to get to my punchline in a minute. You're going to get real happy about my punchline. You look. All right. Pop this on the screen, John 20, 21. I, I, just want you to, I just want you to read it. I just want you to read it. Jesus said to them, peace be to you. As the Father sent me, I sent you. Say, oh. I'm not talking about you going to India or Africa. See, some of y'all are scared to death God's going to send you to Africa. You would pray he'd send you to Africa. We're going to get in this in a moment. You already live in the middle of the harvest. You have people around you that'll go to hell if you don't obey God. I just put some responsibility on you. It is the truth. You're not waiting on God. He's waiting on you. I don't like my job. Too bad. You're there. And your boss is a terrible person. And the people you work with are all heathen and you want them to be Christian. No, you don't. That's why you're there. I'm changing churches right now, honey. Don't ever come back in this place again. <laughs> oh, I can't wait till we get to the rest of this. I'm going to have fun. Zechariah 4, 6, pop it on the screen. So he answered and said, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. I asked Lisa last night, I said, where is the book of Zerubbabel? She said, there ain't no such thing as a book of Zerubbabel. Lisa knows her Bible. She's assemblies of God. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Now, I'm going to say something to you right now, and I want you to lock in on what I'm fixing to say. You will never do anything in life of value aside from the Holy Spirit. You don't, the new birth, you could work and work and work and work and work and be a Jew and do all, and you die and go to hell. Until the Holy Spirit comes on you, you go to hell. All of your witnessing, all of your knocking on people's doors, all of the family members you're trying to lead to the Lord, and they're driving you nuts. Why don't you shift over and let the greater one on the inside of you do the work? 
Does that make sense? Everything God gave you to do is going to be by the Spirit. Or you're going to wear yourself out. There's a grace that kicks in. It's called the power of the Holy Ghost. Okay. God will use you, not because of you, but in spite of you. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and I know you're going to tell me the answer, and I know you know this. How many of you have ever been talking to someone, and, you, and all of a sudden, you got to preach on you, and you said things, and when you walked away, you went, God, that was good. And you slap amazed. I'm going on the road, glory to God. I mean, that was good. Who do you think was using your mouth? God, the Holy Ghost. Now, if you learn to yield to him, you'd have a lot of good things to say. Whoa, Jesus, help me. So not by might nor by power, but my spirit. If you go to a church and they don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, leave. That is called a country club. We just want to be with our friends. We just want our friends. We just want our friends. That's not church. Get some. Get golf clubs. Boy, I want to right now. Second Corinthians three. Second Corinthians three. I ain't got to my punchline yet, but I'm so excited about it. I gotta. I gotta build a case to get there, like a lawyer. Second Corinthians three, verse seventeen. The Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. If he ain't there, no liberty. If he ain't there, nothing's happening. You're building a monument to yourself. Unless the Lord builds a house. You can build a church. And God not be in it. But we all with unveiled face, behold, as a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being changed into the same image from glory to glory to glory to glory. The Holy Ghost is right now inside of you making you more and more and more like Jesus. And when he's finished, you're going to be a witnessing, preaching, soul winning, harvesting machine. Babies don't care about anybody but their self. But after you come to this church for a while, we will not keep giving you a, what do you call it? A binky. A binky. A binky. If I see you with a binky, I will take it away from you at the door. Pastor hurt my feelings. Well, put your binky up and come on back. Twenty years old. <laughs> I ain't got started yet. I ain't got into my sermon yet. Number one highest priority. Go to go to Second Corinthians five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Five seventeen. Go to Second Corinthians five seventeen. Just look at the page over. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. All things became new. Everything is going to all things are of God who reconciled us to himself through Jesus and gave us, gave us, gave us, and has given us, and has given us, and has given us what? Gave us what? What did he give you? The ministry of reconciliation. To the wit, to this end. God loved you when you were a goofball. You were a loser. You were dead. The world didn't want you. The dog wouldn't talk to you. I mean, you were a mess. And you came to Jesus and you got born again and he cleaned you up and he loved you and he had mercy on you. And he said, the same mercy I gave you, I want you to go back out there and give them the same mercy I gave you. I'm, you know, now listen to me. Don't, don't get mad at me. We got so many parents in here trying to turn your kids into ministers. Stop it. Ministry is not a place. It's people. Pastor, I've been coming to this church for 25 years. Are you, I would like to be in ministry. No. Go back to work and get everybody saved. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why would you want to be a chef and you have never even made a bowl of cereal? 
I want you to put me in the church and make me a, a chef. Have you ever made a burger? No. Well, then forget it. Boy, I'm preaching real good. Quit teaching your kids that ministry is a position in a church. I don't want you in my pulpit. I want you in yours. Ministry is not in here. I am a caretaker of the asylum. I want you to go back out and get some crazy people and bring them in here with you. I knew that would get you. I mean, I got to get you riled up. Everyone, I just got to. Now, of course, I got to tell you the story. I got to tell you the story. And I, and I know you've heard it before, but, but, but Kenneth Hagin and Mark Hankins has delivered me from telling the story over and over. I've heard Mark T Hankins tell the story so many times, I'm thinking I could tell you stories myself. And he keeps telling me the same story over and over and over. I'm going, Mark, I heard that story. He goes, oh, you hear it again. And I went, I think I'll go be like that. Now, you heard the story about me when I was going to Ramah, and I became, uh, and I, I graduated, and I got my degree. And I am in an apartment complex, and every day I'm praying, God, where do you want me to start my ministry? And God thinks it's a dumb prayer, but I think it's a great one. And every day I'd go off, and I'd sit down, and I'd pray, Heavenly Father, show me where you want me to go. Show me where you want me to go. Show me where you want me to go. And then one day he said, your boss is not saved. And I said, so? I'm not talking about, she's Italian. She's hothead. I don't think she can be saved. Do Y'all know people like that. They're just like, God help them. And that's it. I don't. And, he, and then he said something. He said something. He, he made me mad. He made me mad, Roger. He said, don't talk to me about ministry until she gets saved. I went, not fair. <laughs> I went through two years of Raymond to go into ministry, and it's all hinging on one hot-headed Italian woman. <laughs> you know, when women get a position of authority, oh, Jesus. They have something to prove. I avoided this woman like the plague. She'd come in the front door, I'd walk out of the back. And now she's got to get saved or I can't go into ministry. I'm going, this ain't right. So instead of me praying for ministry, I started praying for a person. <gasps> Say Shondai. Say the light's coming on. So I prayed for her. You know, I'm going to shorten the story up. She went to church three times. And finally, I got in a prayer. God, God's got to get saved. She walked forward and got born again. Glory to God. I went back to God. And I said, Jane, I saved. He said, her husband's not. And I went, that, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't wait for three weeks for her to go to church and get saved. I went and found her husband and walked up and said, have you considered being born again, Scott? He said, I have. I said, pray. And I got my Bible. What is God doing? He's teaching me what ministry is. Ministry is not a place. Ministry is not a pulpit. Ministry is not a pulpit. Ministry is people. And right now, you have them all around you. Oh, but they're a pro. I know. You have Jans, too. And you're looking and going, God, this, why do you think he gave you the Holy Ghost? You can't get Jan. Holy Ghost can get Jan. Now, I'm going to make a statement right now. When a sinner, they are bound in sin and they can't get out. They can't get out. They can't pray for themselves and they can't get the chains off them. So God has to send a son of God to them. Do you understand that? Without you going to them and praying, and we're going to get into that, they will never get free. Well, that's good preaching. 
Go in all the world and preach the gospel, and you shall be witnesses. That's the primary reason God gave you the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm going to say this, and I don't want to hurt your feelings. We got people in this room, you've never led anybody to the Lord. That's fixing change. Because I'm fixing to teach you how to do it. Now, I'm going to make another statement to you, and I don't want you to get mad at me. Don't throw anything at me. You've been spoon-fed so long that you think I'm going to entertain you until the day you die, and you're wrong. Now, here's why. Here's why your life is drying up. I don't care how good I preach, you're still miserable. I'm going to use the word here. You're a damned Christian. D-A-M-N-E-D, damned. The, the, the salt, the, 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 there's, two, there's two lakes in Israel, Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. The Sea of Galilee is vibrant because it has an inlet and an outlet. The Dead Sea has an inlet. It has no outlet. At some point, you will dry up and die. Sitting in church. Wow. And I got to go find me a new church to entertain me. No, you need to find a, a heathen. And become the man of God or the woman of God that he called you to be. And then your joy will come back. And you'll walk in and say, Pastor, you're the greatest thing in the world. I go, you must have gotten someone saved. Say thank you, Pastor. I mean, I'm doing good. It is good. Thank you, Lisa. Didn't she do good this morning? Didn't she do good? I even enjoyed it. <laughs> John 4, 35. Pop it on the screen this week. Do not say, well, there's still four more months, and then the harvest comes. No, no, no. Well, I've heard that the rain is coming. No, it ain't coming. It's here. Behold, I say to you, lift your eyes and look to the fields. They're right right now. That's good preaching. This is Jesus said it. I didn't write that. Don't walk out here and say, Pastor said. I didn't write the Bible. He who reaps receives what? Wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. That's where your fruit's going to come from. No souls, you're fruitless. Woo! I've got I to find another scripture here. Go to John 7. Now I get to get to the Mac Daddy. All I've been doing is idling. I'm about to start preaching. John 7, 38. Now here's, here's where we get to, oh, glory to God. Woo! I'm being serious. I'm fixing this. What I'm fixing to show you, I'm going to light your fire. I'm going to light you up. John 7, 38. At the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and said, Out of, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, and Scripture has said, Out of his heart... Or out of his belly will flow rivers of what? Living water. All right. No, 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 no. Hold on because I'm fixing to get, this fixing to get good. I don't care if you liked anything I said. Just hold on to this. Everything around you will bloom when water hits it. A garden, I don't, I don't, care, what, I don't care what kind of garden, I don't, care, I don't care what you planted, I don't care. Once you water it, it's coming up. All right, now I want you to see this. You are a garden. You are a garden. Around you should be life and growth. You understand that? Because you are a sprinkler system for God. So that you should be producing fruit because out of your belly should flow rivers of God's life and water. So everything around you should be blooming. 
tomatoes and potatoes and squash and watermelons and everything. So you should be growing fruit. You should be a garden. Okay. When Jesus came, he was the only one walking around with life coming out of him. And everywhere he went, he took life to people, to people, to people. But understand that if he left, their garden would dry up because the sprinkler moved. So his goal was to turn the church in to its own sprinkling system. He didn't want you to just have to be where he is. Listen, you don't need to be in Jonathan Shuttlesworth meeting. You are a sprinkler yourself. I'm going to change subjects right now. Just, 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 your children should get to an age and you want them to leave home. Don't encourage them to stay. God, no. Lock the doors. Change the combination. Do something. They were designed to become mature and to find someone and breed. Start another family. I'm like, I'm on my head. A church, I don't want you under my sprinkler system all your life. Now, I didn't say your kids were never coming home. There's Christmas, there's Easter, there's... But you want your refrigerator back. If you don't know what I said, you, you, you never had kids. <laughs> you know, Justin said one time, he said, Dad, I don't want to come home. I don't want him to come home. I want to walk around my house in my underwear. I don't want anybody to bother me. Is that too graphic for you? Lisa's over here cringing. She's going, oh, my God, that's too much. A, a, a church... What's a church? What's a church? You come in. You're under our sprinkler system. We lay hands on you. We pray for you. We bless you. We sprinkle water all over your head. At some point, I want you to go. Go home. Take the life home. Take it to your kids. Take it to your wife. And after a while, I want to see a little group of people around you, and they're all getting born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, healed. And I go, whoo, thank you, Jesus. That's what he meant. That's not India and Africa. That's your house. Then it should go to work. Everybody at work ought to be like, and then your goal is to get them saved and get them filled with the Holy Ghost and get them in church. And then we will come in and say, at some point, we're going to expect you to have water coming out of you, and you're not always wanting me to sprinkle you. Right. It doesn't mean I don't love you. Boy, I'm doing That is normal. Now, I didn't say go home and start a Bible study and never come back to church, and that's corrupt. Goofy thing. Never mind. Because you, you have to walk in love. Okay. He who believes in me as out of his belly, out of your belly. Everywhere I have ever worked in my life since, I've led people to the Lord at work. I, my ministry used to be on a concrete block in a construction site. They don't come to church, so I am. Every conversation leads to Jesus. Hey, Morgan, what do you think about the lottery? Well, I'm going to tell you something. If you got born again and started tithing, you wouldn't need a lot. Why do you always bring and talk about the Bible? Okay, stop talking about the lottery. What do you think about sex? Adam and Eve, glory be to God. No, here you go again, talking about the Bible. Everything you say to me is talk about the Bible. 
And then after a while, all of those men got born again filled with the Holy Ghost. One of them, a former Black Panther, ended up starting a church. Because every day he would sit and give me trouble. And I went. And then one day he watered his own garden, went off down to Claremont, started a church. Pastor, I want you to give me a position. I just gave you a position. If you can't win the people at work at the Lord, what in the world do I want you for? Woo, Jesus. Well, that was brutal, but true. Why did Jesus have 12 disciples? He had the multitudes, but he was training 12 men to do what he did. You need Disciples, not converts. And their work. Oh, Lord, are they work. So I want to do something right now. I'm going to, I hope, I didn't ask anybody if I could do this, and I better. Bruce, where are you? Bruce, come up here, Bruce. Come up here. Hand him my, Alex, come up here. Justin, come up here. Did you or did you not? Bring that man to this church. Yes, sir. And where did you meet that man? At Winn-Dixie. At Winn-Dixie. And you heard him tell you about the church. And then you came. And then you left. Yes. And then you met that man yes. at the gym. And then what did this man do to you? Brought me back. Brought you back. <laughs> Anybody get in the picture? This man... Has been right with God now for how long? Um, going on two, two and a half years. Two and a half years? Yeah. <laughs> Fixing to get married? Yes. I'm yes. proud of you. So many Aren't you proud of him? Yeah. But I'm going to say this. He didn't stumble in here. That's true. If he didn't meet he, he would have never made it. Yes, that's right. He needed he. Yeah. And when he did his job, he went and got him. Mm -hmm. Now he is growing. Mm -hmm. And one day he will be bringing others here. Amen. 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 Okay, y'all can sit down. <laughs> you know how many times we can you know how many times we could do this this morning? So you, you say, well, our church is only so, so, so big. That's your fault. It ain't mine, it's yours. I'm trying to change that. You want to receive some wages? Don't walk up in heaven and go, where's my paycheck? Yeah, there ain't one. I went to church. I know. I tithed. I know. You ever get anybody saved? No. Next. Oh, Jesus is Lord. All right. Out of your belly flows rivers of living water. You need to bear fruit. First thing you've got to do with that water is get you free. You need to get your garden going. Now, I'm not going to make you turn to this scripture, but it says in James 4, 7, submit to God, resist the devil, he'll flee, he'll flee from you. The very first thing you do, is get your garden going. And there's only one way to get it going, and that's the baptism of the Holy Ghost with heaven speaking in tongues. If you want water in your garden, it's in your belly, and you've got to let it out. I'm doing good. I'm doing way better. Now, see, you have to have been at the other services to understand what I just said. You cannot do this naturally. This is supernatural. Okay. You say, well, my kids aren't all that. Get in your living room and start praying over them in the Holy Ghost. Praying over them in the Holy Ghost. And create your home full of God. And they'll walk in your garden, eat your fruit. And they will come to God. They will come. The, the anointing on you will change them. That's good preaching. All right, number two. 
the field is all around you. John 6, 44. John 6, 44. I think I may have already said that. I don't know. Okay, no, I didn't say it. What time is it? I hate that clock. I got 15 minutes. No one can come to me except the Father sent me draws him. Underline that in your Bible. Don't ever forget it the longest day you live. Your family is bound in sin. And you're wanting them to go to church? Forget it. All right, now listen to what I'm fixing to say. You need to get them free. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to set captives free. He took his water and he set people free everywhere he went. You are going to have to go to, you're going to have to pick their names up and put their names in your mouth. Heavenly Father, I'm praying for Uncle Joe. Now, you said Uncle Joe cannot come to me unless you draw him. And the reason you're not drawing Uncle Joe is no one's ever prayed for Uncle Joe to be drawn. But God doesn't work in the earth aside from you. So you need to have a list of the people in your family and a list of the people that work, and you need to start saying, God, draw them into the kingdom. Open up a door for me to share the gospel. Satan. Get off of them in Jesus' name. You're a harvester. You say, well, these people were. Let me tell you something. The people at work are bound how, how the God of the world has blinded the minds of those that believe not, lest the light of the gospel shine to them. Well, the light's not shining because no one's praying for them. Guess who's going to begin? Say me. Say it again, me. Now, listen, folks, we're talking about how, listen, there's a war going, it's about the Ezekiel 38 war. If you believe pre-trib, mid-trib, it don't matter. Listen to me. We're so close to the millennial reign, you can kiss it. And the harvest is not in. You're not leaving. I believe in the rapture. You ain't leaving. You might be harvesting at dark, but you're going to get the corn in. Jesus did not plant this harvest for it to rot in the field. Well, you know where I come from. I don't care where you came from. The baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. If you don't feel the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, that's why you don't get nothing. That's why nothing happens to it. It's for you to be a harvester. The greater one in you, you, you need, and, and I, boy, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Are you all right? I want to get in here one day and teach you how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. You need them. You get out there with heathen. You need, you need, you need a word of knowledge. You need a word of wisdom. You need to discern the Spirit. You need gifts. You need, Jesus needed it. You need it. You understand? You need it. You understand that? You go, well, they're hard. They're not harder than God. Let God go. Let him go. I'm going to tell you, the coolest thing in the world is have God to come on you and show you something about somebody, and you say it, and they go, oh, how'd you know that? And they end up getting born again because you read their mail. Well, let's talk about that guy. Justin was talking to him about a guy. He said, who has this tried to cut you? He goes, who's going to get all mad at Justin? Well, Justin went and had a dream about this guy, and someone tried to cut him and kill him, and Jesus, and Justin told him about his wounds. How'd you know that? God told me. How'd you told you? He got him born again. I was working one day with a guy, and I've told you the story before, but I'm going to tell it to you again because I'm, I got the pulpit. And he, and he was this guy, and he had cross eyes. When, when you look at me, I want to know, are you looking at me? You're looking over there. What are you looking at? And he was mean. He was mean. And I prayed one day, God, get him out of here. He's mean. And the Lord said, if you knew him, you wouldn't think that. And I said, all I know is he's mean. And he told me all about his childhood, how his parents kicked him out. His aunt took him in. He lived his whole life sleeping in the living room. He's never had a home. He's never been loved. He's never had a family. And here I am being mean to him. 
And, I, and the Lord said, he doesn't have a coat. And I went, he's riding a Harley. That's bad. Should have a Honda. But anyway, he's riding a Harley to work in the winter with no coat. He bought a Harley, but he couldn't buy a coat. That's dumb. You get a coat first and then get a Harley. Don't, don't ride around with a T-shirt on in the winter. That is a dumb thing. But the Lord said, have you noticed she doesn't have a coat? I said, no, sir. I've never noticed that. We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. So I walked up to him. His name was TJ. I said, um, TJ, I need to apologize. What for? Oh, he's, he's still mean. What for? I said, well, I haven't been treating you very nice. Nope, you hadn't. And I said, um, I noticed you don't have a coat. That's right. Oh, let me give you one. I don't want it. You understand? He's a mean guy. I said, well, I said, I used to treat you mean, but I'm not going to until the Lord told me about you. What did the Lord tell you about me? And I told him. We're standing outside on a dock, and he's tears running out of his his tears are freezing to his face. I said, I'm so sorry. I didn't know what you went through. I didn't know your aunt made you stupid. I didn't know you've never had a dad. I didn't know it. He said, God told you that. I said, TJ, yes. Here's a coat. I love you. And he got born again. How would I win to him without Jesus? Folks, you can't win people without Jesus. There's people that are just flat mean. Jesus talking to the woman at the well. He needed, he, the Holy Ghost had to tell him about her. He, well, he's the son of God. Okay, who is? You ain't get nobody saved if the Holy Ghost ain't helping you. Well, that's another sermon. By the way, next Sunday's Father's Day. Men, I'm going to preach a sermon on how to get respect. That's all I'm going to say. And all you women, you want them here. I'm going to teach you how to turn the warrior in you loose without killing him. That's next week. You want to be here. All right, that's enough of that. I got six minutes. Are y'all y'all enjoying this so far? Okay, Mark 3, 20, I think, yes. I think. I'm looking for something. No, go to Luke 10. Go to Luke 10. I'm, I'm running out of time. I'm going to go to Luke 10. Go to Luke 10. 25. Say, I am a harvester. Behold, a certain lawyer came up and said, Teacher, what do I need to do to have eternal life? He said, Well, what's written in the law? He said, You are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and all your mind, and your neighbors yourself. He said, Well, you answered that right. And him wanting to justify himself, who's my neighbor? <laughs> That's a good question. And Jesus said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, departed, and left him half dead. Now, you understand he's talking about Adam. Jesus is fixing to tell a story about Adam. What happened to Adam in the garden? Satan came, stripped him, and left him half dead. He went from Jerusalem to Jericho. He went from the presence of God out of the presence of God. And Adam got himself in a heap of trouble. He's fixing to tell a story about himself, and then he's going to tell a story about you. Now, by chance, a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Why? Because they can't help you, and they won't. They're too busy being religious. Do not become religious. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. And a Levite, which is a lawyer, arrived and, and, and he passed by on the other side. So there are people who don't care whether you live, die, sink, or swim. Religion doesn't care about you. The law doesn't care about you. The world, as much as you want them to like you, they don't. You're looking for love in all the wrong places. Get the song. Sing it to yourself. And then come back to church. <laughs> And we ought to sing that one Sunday morning. Looking for love, no wrong places. Come back to church. 
See, Sandy Inlow knows that kind of talk. Come back to church. Sandy, Sandy and Jody and Michelle, they, they like that country music, country music. I bet their favorite movie is Pure Country. Is that a good movie? You like that? Yeah, that was a good movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so drunk. You don't want to do this job sober. A certain Samaritan journeyed, came down to where he was, and had what compassion? Say compassion. What is compassion? It's nothing but mercy. Let me make a statement to you. Please, please. I met this man in Paisley. He was an inconvenience. But we loved him. He's a good man. We met his daughter. She was an inconvenience. One day we were praying for him, and Lisa said, I'm going to go to the house and talk to Tom. I'm being led by the Lord. Folks, let me tell you something. Compassion will get you back up off your backside and go to someone's house and sit down. And, and God loves this man. This a, is a good man. But you know what? When we moved there, we met a lot of people, many of them that got born again. Everywhere we go, people get saved. Does that make sense? That's, that's what compassion is. You say, well, I don't get any. That's because you're not giving it away. With the measure you give it, it'll come back. All right, are you all ready for that? He's a good man. And this is wife Lois, and she's a good lady. They just love these people. They drive all the way from Paisley to come here because they're smart. And he went to him, and he bandaged his wounds and poured on oil and wine. Whose job is that? Come on, y'all, help me out. Come on, it's yours. It's ours. It's ours. Folks, listen. Jesus did do it. Yes, he did it. But right now, you're filled with the Holy Ghost, and you have oil and wine. And the people around you need oil, and they need wine. They need the blood, and they need the Holy Ghost. And if you will pray for them, and then go to them, and they will come to you, and this is what they will say. My God, you just don't have any idea what it's like the, the guy that I'm married, and my kids, they're just giving me all kind of trouble. They're asking you for prayer. They're not asking you to explain tithing. Pray. May I pray for you. This is how you do it. Watch me. I'm going to trick her. <laughs> Catherine, that's a terrible story. And I, I'm going to tell you, I understand. And I want you to, I'm going to pray with you, but I want you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that Jesus died on the cross for me and rose from the dead for me. And because of the blood, I am now born again. And I can pray for my children, and I'm asking you, we're in agreement, for my children to come to Jesus, for my husband to come to Jesus, and for you to help me water my garden in the name of Jesus. Water my garden in the name of Jesus. I just tricked her into getting saved. Amen. If you're real bold, get her to go, Father, I believe I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, honey, you can't do anything for Catherine and her family until she gets something done with her garden. Boy, I'm preaching better than y'all. Amen. That's why the person you work for is, is mean. God wants you in there to get the devil out of that guy. All right. It's 12.01. Let me, let me finish this and I'll be. The next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, took him to church. And said, take care of him and whatever else you spend, when I come back, I'll give you some more tithes. That's what it says. Bring him to church. Bring him to where there's other people that will help him until he can get his sprinkler system going. Say, I want you to say this. Say, say Pastor, that's good preaching. I think I'm going to do this. Yay. 
<laughs> now, I'm going to close with this one statement. And, and anybody in here that's ever led anybody to the Lord, you, you've never been so high until you have sat with a human that is lost and you lead them to Jesus and you watch God turn into a son of Satan into a son of God right in front of your face. And you're going, whoo, I like that. This is why you're on the earth. Now, I'm not trying to turn you into Catherine Kuhlman. I'm not trying to turn you into Benny Hinn. I just want you to be an ambassador, and I just want you to be a Christian, a normal Jesus person everywhere you go. And I want you to understand that when you walk in the room, you have the ability to change everything in that room. That's good preaching. This is fun, isn't it? This is so much fun. That day I led Jan. I didn't lead Jan, Lord. Um, Bobby Indian did. I got her to church. And then I got her, got her husband, Scott, saved. They invited me over dinner that night, and they brought a used car salesman. Ron, he was not saved. And by the end of dinner, Ron is born again. Three people in about a two-week period. And then he said, I want to do something for you. I'm going to teach you how to buy a brand new car off the showroom floor for 500 bucks. Over cost. Over cost. And I said, I'm, I'm game. And I walked into the Oldsmobile dealership and brought a brand new cup of Supreme. And when I walked in, I said, see that car right there? I want it. And he starts his dickering. I said, don't know. I said, you give me the invoice, and I'll give you $500. I'm leaving here in that car. He went, all right then. I said, I know that the Oldsmobile dealership's going to give you $500 to sell the car. I'm going to give you $500 to buy the car. You're going to make 1000 and I'm driving away in that car. And he went, I wish everybody knew this. I don't dicker for cars no more. I walk in and tell them what I'll pay, and I leave. Was, that was a good, it was good I got him saved. He saved me lots of money. Boy, that's good preaching. There's a blessing. I don't, I'm, I'm going to keep preaching. I got to stop. When you start getting involved in people, when you start loving people, you will get God's attention. And He might even send you to Hawaii. Say amen. Say it twice. Say, I'm going. Going soon. All right, girl. I, I still want to pray for y'all. People. The people, people. There's people out there, they need you. I want you to start today by saying, God, the ones around me, who do you want me to talk to? Open up the door for me to talk to. Let God do his job. Don't try to do his job. Don't try to make him get saved. You just share Jesus with him. Ne hopefully next week we'll get into the gospel, what it actually is. I wanted to do it today, and I'm out of time. I'm so out of time. I have so much sermon left, I don't have any more time. This is probably one of the greatest things you will ever learn. If you've lost your joy, it'll come back. When you quit damning the life of God in you up, you say, well, I'm afraid to lead people, Lord. Then just love on them. When you go play and they hear, start loving on people. I'll guarantee you, they'll be drawn to the life of God inside you. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 
855-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. 